Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ryan, you know times are bad when I'm walking through South Philly and I see a guy in a Sidney Crosby shirt before the Flyers play the Penguins and I don't give the guy any shit at all. No shit whatsoever. Sometimes you just have to take the L on that point. And like this entire Flyers season, it's just been one gigantic L. So it's just like, you know what? Why not take one tiny one? The L's just keep coming. I was, I had, it's, perfect weather in philly today you we get very few perfect spring days in philadelphia it's usually either cold mildly cold or like blisteringly hot and humid so to get a day like this where it's not humid the sun's shining it's mid 70s like it's perfect so i spent a lot of time outside they did they do this thing on pass young cav called uh, flavors on the avenue and i've been walking out side for you know most of the day so i was like already pretty wiped from just that much walking and get that much sun and then i see the guy in the crosby jersey and it, i know it was a shirtsy not a full jersey but it was a shirtsy and i forgot for a few minutes that the flyers were playing the penguins but i was also exhausted from all the walking i had done like it, i've been walking for pretty much hours been on my feet for a long time so i just like ah i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna give the guy shit and i really want to no, yeah. I, I mean, I'm at that point, too, where, like, how can I even talk trash to anybody, like, as a Flyers fan right now? It's just, you you can't do it. <laughs> it's embarrassing what we've had to endure this year. I haven't even liked winning the games they've won lately. Like, they beat Montreal the other day, and I was like, oh, but I kind of wanted to lose this game. I hated that. Because, like, at this point, I'm literally, like, I know people say, like, oh, like, don't be that way. Don't, like, root for losses. But, like, no. They need to lose these games. The only I feel like the only way they can realistically like compete next year is if they were to like get the first round first overall pick and then get Shane Wright and Shane Wright ends up being really really good and then they kind of just kickstart the next generation of Flyers hockey that way like the next era. And like th- I don't trust them unless they get like the first overall pick and they get like a really really good player. I, Optimally, I would love for that to happen next season and they could get like Connor Bedard, but oh Shane Wright ain't that either. I want Bedard so bad. Right, a lot of people have concerns about him being like Nolan Patrick version 2.0 or something like that, which would be terrible. But 
Bedard is such a no doubt about it. Like he's just a a straight up stud and I would do anything. I I would sacrifice the entire season in advance. Like if the Flyers could forfeit next season in advance to tank for Bedard, I would do it. And God, it's they're going to end up overachieving next season and make the playoffs and have no chance at Bedard. And it's going to make me very sad, but let's not think about such things. They got to tank for the rest of the season. And, to say the fact that there is a Flyers Penguins game on and we're recording while the game is being played, we kind of forgot it was going to be played when we scheduled recording for this time. It's just a sad, uh, you know, sign of how this season has gone and how yeah. we're enjoying it. It's just been miserable and it, we'll get to this later, but just like even stuff that was unimaginably bad to happen has happened that we're going to discuss. I just can't believe yeah. we've reached this point. Yeah, in any other season, a Flyers-Penguins game, I mean, that's circled on our calendars weeks ahead of time. Like, never would we think we would, you know, choose to record a podcast during it and not even pay really much attention at all to the game. Right, that's the big thing. I would record a podcast during it, but have my reactions to the game. Exactly. I don't really give a shit. I'm going to stop thinking about this game for a lot of the recording here. Yeah. And again, I'm in that situation again where this is insane and it makes me sick to say it, but like I'm rooting for the Penguins to win this game. Like I just don't trust the Flyers to do this quote unquote aggressive retool correctly at all. And I feel like they need to fall ass backwards into a tank because that's the only way I see them fixing this like in a semi quick manner. Right. And it's just... (laughs) It ain't going to happen. It's just a terrible time to be a Flyers fan. But you all knew that. You've been listening to this podcast. You've been paying attention to the Flyers. You're all aware of how painful this all is. And it's such a a juxtaposition to the team that plays in the same building as the Flyers, the Philadelphia 76ers, and who are currently in the playoffs. They're up 3-1 to on the Toronto Raptors. And it's been, with the exception of this last game yesterday, they really slept walked through that game. It was kind of a, a real shit game. Yeah. But Embiid's also hurt, which is terrible. But it's at least an explanation for why he wouldn't be playing as well. But going into that game, I was just buzzing about Embiid because he had what just a, a stunningly great shot to end game three. For uh, with a win for the Sixers, he had a shot in overtime to win it. A three pointer from a seven foot player is just unheard of to win a game, yeah. and it was just stunning. The guy was getting fuck Embiid chance the entire game, and which all of this was very funny to me for timing wise because you had just posted that clip the other day. Uh, or you had retweeted that clip of Bill Burr in the Red Sox booth. And he was talking to Kevin Euclid and mentioned that Toronto fans can be nasty. And Bill Burr was like, are you shitting me? Toronto fans nasty. Like, what are you talking about? But I, you know, and we would know this as hockey fans, right? We've seen Maple Leafs fans, you know, really go out there. Maybe not just the, the blunt fuck this player chant, but we've certainly seen Toronto fans get creative with uh, protesting their own team and uh, yeah. booing the other team. I don't even know, like, how to describe Toronto. Because, like, they're not the kind of fans that, like, people think Philly fans are. Like, they're not the kind of people who would, you know, like, do, like... The wristband night. Let's bring up the wristband night as the most recent Philly fan example of bad behavior. 
Yeah, like when the fuck Tom Brady chants were going on immediately oh, before oh, 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 oh. Super Bowl, like or immediately the ones after that they won. The I NFC started on Broad Street after the NFC Championship game. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not above a fuck this player chant because no, they're great. They're great. They're great. They're great. I like, feel like Toronto fans don't really have that reputation of having that, but like Toronto fans are also really like totally irrational. Like if they if they have if they paint this picture in their head, that's exactly what it is. And when things start going even somewhat not that way, they act very like cartoonish. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> like, sure, for sure. And especially the interesting thing is Toronto and ba- and I don't want to talk too much out my ass here because I don't really know Toronto and basketball that well. But yeah, my impression is there's always been a dedicated fan base, right? But probably a smaller percentage if you will. And then in recent years, as the teams had more success, that fan base has grown. That happens with every fan base, especially when basketball is not the national sport of, of Canada, not even close. We all know it's hockey. Hockey is king in Canada, but, and there's only one team right now in Canada because the Grizzlies were moved from Vancouver to Memphis a few years, a few years ago, probably over a decade at this point. It's been a while since Vancouver had a basketball game, but they do not. There's one team in Canada, so they really do become the national team for Canada. Like, I follow TSN on Instagram, and right now, it feels like I'm following a Raptors account, and I almost need to unfollow TSN until the series is over. Yeah. Honestly, that is kind of cool, though, that the Raptors are, like, the national team. Just because there is no other team. I I do think that's kind of neat because like I'm so not used to that being a thing because obviously in hockey there's seven Canadian teams and I don't know. I kind of like that. I kind of, I don't know. But No, I can get into that. Right now it's it's unbearable right now watching TSN and Sportsnet. Right, right. So like I like that they're kind of the national team, but when it's a one-on-one with your team. So it's Sixers Raptors right now. It, it's kind of unusual. And, but it, it's weird to think that Canadians who are so known for being polite people, the most famous Canadian phrase for Americans is sorry. And apologies <laughs> to all the Canadian listeners out there. I know there are a few of you and I'm sorry, but I'm also not in a way, but listen, that's the American perception of Canada. The very polite sorry is how Americans perceive Canada. So to hear these just blunt fuck Embiid chants, it was kind of stunning, but then it's funny. It's funny. And then to have Embiid hit that shot and silence the crowd was just oh so satisfying as a Philadelphia sports fan, especially given the general state of Philadelphia sports right now. The Phillies are underachieving. The Flyers are abysmal. And the Eagles are just kind of like in the middle trying to decide what direction they're going to go in. Who knows what the Eagles are? But like, um, yeah, I don't, like when it comes to, I like that we're talking about like the perception of like Canadian fans or whatever, because like for the most part, I think Canadian fans are like pretty good fans. Like they've been through a lot. And I, I make fun of Toronto Maple Leafs fans a lot because I mean, one, it's easy <laughs> and it's like pretty funny, but like they're a really good fan base that has been through a lot of bullshit for a long time. So like, I don't know, I have like a very high high opinion of Canadians because I don't know, because I just think it's frankly a better country. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's just funny. Yeah. It's funny I'm not going to gonna argue with you on, on that front. I will definitely not argue with you on that. Front. Yeah. Not... Like, I don't know. 
there's killer whales up there over on the west coast that's all i need to <laughs> decide if it's a better country or not I'm, i don't know if we've talked about this do you know that i'm like a freak about orcas i had no idea you is Dude, that your, your username on the boards your orca freak 666 or something like that <laughs> orca freak 666 420 yeah there no, you that's, go it's i'm telling like i don't know what it is i'm just obsessed with those fucking whales i know this is going off the off the rails right now but like yeah no i just wanted to make that known because that's one of the main reasons i love canada is because they have all the whales up there <laughs> so on canada day so craig always wanted to ride a bald eagle on the fourth of july so yeah what you're telling me is on canada day you want to ride a killer whale yes <laughs> absolutely i'm gonna jump into i'm like i'm gonna jump off the coast off a boat off the coast of British Columbia onto a killer whale and ride it. There you go. Do you want to hear, all right, before we, we're going to move on, because this is just ridiculous that we're talking about killer whales right now, but do you want to hear a fun fact real quick? I so, would love to hear a fun fact. All right, listen, I, I've been walking around all day in the sun. I got home <laughs> and I ate some Greek food. I'm trying to recharge, and this conversation is helping in the recharge. Okay, so there's it's actually a myth. There's a misconception about killer whales that killer whales are whales. They're not whales. Killer whales are the largest dolphins in the world. So when you see a killer whale, it's it's literally a dolphin. And the reason they call them killer whales is because they're whales, or because they're because they kill whales. Oh wow. Wow. And I gotta I, say, I gotta say, Ryan, you just just blow my mind a little bit. I didn't know any of that. I don't know anything about whales or dolphins or the ocean except I eat a lot of delicious fish out of the ocean. That's all I know yeah. about the ocean, and I like swimming. So you just blew my mind. I had no idea. I assumed they were whales this entire time. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't I didn't know that until recently either. I've like over the last few years I've gone down a lot of rabbit holes learning about orcas. And like, yeah, that's one of the things I learned. And also, people are like they paint orcas as like these vicious creatures, even though they, they are like the apex predator of the ocean, but like there has never been a recorded attack on a human by a killer whale in the wild ever. Only in captivity. <laughs> At least not until you try to ride one. Yeah. Yeah. What do you... <laughs> they only attack people like me, which I would too. <laughs> so it makes sense. Oh my. That, that, okay. I learned a lot about you just now. This has been very informational. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm that guy. So if you ever go whale watching with me, you better fucking lock me up. <laughs> Because I'm going to jump off the fucking boat and I'm going to try and hang out with some whales. <laughs> That's going to be our our Broad Street Hockey like uh, silent auction over the summer. Is different activities that you can do with the various members of BSH. So <laughs> go learn some conspiracy theories with Steph Driver. Uh, yeah. Go and, I don't know, ride Peloton with Kelly. Kelly has lots of interests. I don't know why I just narrowed it down to Peloton. But, and yeah. I don't know, go eat. Actually, here it is. Go eat various uh, hoagies throughout Philadelphia with uh, Kelly and Steve, and then go whale watching with Ryan is the <laughs> the silent auction item for you. Go whale watching and learn how to be a lifeguard. Oh, um, another fun fact. Well, well, no, like not by choice. They would have to be the lifeguard because I would jump off the boat and <laughs> I, would, I would need rescuing. So they would have to think on their feet in terms of how to rescue someone from a large body of water. 
You know what's really funny about all this to me is we had tried to podcast on Friday until I got derailed by the day job. And we tried a very similar opening to this where we talked about Embiid. I think I called him the King in the North, like Game of Thrones style. And the conversation didn't go anything like this. So I'm very glad we started from scratch. And had a whole could new not opening. have gone more different the first time we did it. This couldn't have gone any more different. <laughs> I love every time every time we start I, you never really know with this pod and this is why I've always loved like listening to fly permanently and why I'm like so happy to be like on it now because there's no fucking telling what kind of topics are going to be brought up in the first especially in like the first 15 minutes of the show I it's do a, not give no a rule. single shit about staying on brand on well no i stay on brand by staying off of topic i don't care about staying <laughs> yeah. on topic i don't care about staying on the sheet i don't care about hitting every topic i laid out there i don't care about any of that i just want to see where the conversation goes because that's how i have fun with this exactly no i, I think that's the best the best thing of this entire show and if you don't like it sorry if you no, i'm not apologizing for that at all if you don't like it <laughs> Continue listening to BSH Radio because I'm sure that's what happens with most people who try out this show. Don't like yeah. it. I just became Canadian there for a second. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I apologize. Sorry. You can be the one who apologizes. I can be the brash American who apologizes for nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the true Philadelphia Wait, over yeah, here. I think, I think you called, and this was a very interesting way to phraseology. Or like, well, not phraseology. It's a... It was an interesting think piece that you had where you basically brought up but while we were recording last time and then it got cut off. Like, is Joel Embiid the, like the new Broad Street bully? Yes. Yes. I, I thought about this the other day because the league just hates the Sixers right now. And I'm kind of reveling in it, just how much the rest of the NBA hates the Sixers. And it's very reminiscent of how the rest of the NHL just despised the Broad Street bullies back in the day. And Joel Embiid is literally bullying people around. He bullied Drake the other day. He, <laughs> he... That was, I was going to say, yeah. Like, so when it comes to Canada, I love Canadians. They're the best. There's only one Canadian in the world who I can't, who I like actually hate that's Drake. And the fact that he, that Embiid just like, was talking mad shit right to his face. And like the Raptors are going to lose. Like Drake is going to go home sad. It really, it makes me feel nice and tingly. He talks so much shit out there. He's one of the best shit talkers I've ever seen. The one when yeah. you put the the guy in the suit out there, when they traded Ben Simmons, the guy, <laughs> I'm trying to remember his name, but uh, like big Fendi, I think is his name. And like, Joel Embiid knew exactly what that meme meant and he played coy about it, but you know, you could tell like he knew exactly what it meant the whole time. It's like, I just like the suit he wore. Like, okay, Jojo. All right. And now it turns out uh, Ben Simmons isn't even playing in game four, which is like, wait, so he's not playing in game four now. He's not going to save the day. Not going to save the day. And we all knew he was going to, but He's, uh... I'm just hoping he can finally... I think I bring up the Joker once an episode now. It's becoming my thing, is to just constantly mention the Joker. I think Ben Simmons is actually going to dress like the Joker on the sidelines for Game 4. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. That would be so much fun. It would be appropriate. I mean, he's... There is no chance in hell. on every game anyway, so... There is no chance in hell this man is dressing up like he is 
before each game and not thinking he's going to get attention for it. He knows yeah. the attention he's getting for this. He is doing this intentionally, okay? This guy, I don't know what's going on in his head, and I don't think I want to know, but <laughs> he knows he's going into a stadium for game three where the entire crowd is going to be dressed in black and white. And he right. goes with, what was it, lime green and purple, I think? Yeah, very bizarre. Yeah. Green Goblin colors for this guy. He is just sticking out. If you've seen a black and white movie where they introduce just a little bit of color, Ben Simmons was just like that little bit in the, the film that you could just see clear as day. Like a, a Better Call Saul, right? Um, when they have the black and white scenes for uh, the Gene flashbacks and, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, minor. I don't even know if you can count this as a spoiler for Better Call Saul since this is like the first scene of the, the entire show. But the only color that comes into his life is when he sees his old commercials that he did in his past life. And yep. like this, that little bit of color that comes up, that's Ben Simmons just sticking out in that crowd. The man knows. He has to know what he's doing. He, come on. I mean, at least in that regard. Obviously, I, he has no idea what he's doing with his basketball career. But at least in this regard, he's fully aware of what he's doing. Yeah. And it's so weird because he did not used to behave this way. Like, when he was a member of the Sixers, he was he could not have been more different from what he is presenting himself as now. Like, I feel like he was pretty like quiet when he was a sixer. Like, I don't know. He I was. Feel like, we, we all defended him. We defended yeah. him constantly because he was a really good defensive player and he pretty much did everything well, except score. So he was a good passer. Like we defended him a lot. And then this all happened. Like the playoffs happened last year. And then everything since then has just been increasingly bizarre. And as I said before, this is the complete opposite in a lot of ways of what's going on with the Flyers, where everything's just kind of miserable. The Sixers have drama, but it's fun drama. It's weird drama. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. drama. And it's the, the league-wide news. Yeah. So I'm looking at a picture, because I didn't see exactly how Ben Simmons dressed against uh, in Game 3. Um, he looks like fucking Little Bill. You remember that like old cartoon? It was This might have been like a little after after you but it like began in 1999 i think it was on like nickelodeon i'm gonna look like, it up i am pretty old. old it's like he literally he's dressing like little bill and it's just like it's a very odd um choice i don't know why he's doing this he he did not dress like this at all when he was a sixer from what i remember i don't remember him wearing like really colorful like boisterous clothing he he's like he's clearly doing this for I don't want to say attention, but like, it's like he's, it's like he's trying to say, I'm not afraid of what you're saying about me. Like, I know what you're saying and it doesn't affect me or whatever. It's just like, dude, like, this is the weirdest flex that you're doing right now. Like, <laughs> chill out. I was just reminded of, do you remember a couple of years ago when Melania Trump wrote on the back of a jacket or something like that? It's just this long rambling message. Melania Trump? No, yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm going to look this up because it was very strange. Um, it, it was basically... Oh, okay. So on the back of this jacket, she had written, uh, I really don't care, do you? Spelled you with just the letter U. Oh, great. Yeah. So it's kind of like that where she's saying, I really don't care, but like it seems like you do care. <laughs> it's... I, I, I never understand that stuff when people like try to call attention to something like, yeah, I don't care. It's just like, you totally fucking. 
the only way you show you don't care is never commenting on it. Yeah. it. You know what it kind of reminds me of? This is, like, slightly different, but, like, people who, like, if you drive a car and you have a bumper sticker that says something like, get off my ass, or something like that, it's just, like, I don't know. Like, okay, no one likes being tailgated. No, no one likes it when someone's, like, right behind you while you're driving but like that's going to make the trolls out on the road just do it more you know what i mean it's like yeah it's yeah it's odd odd behavior it's no how's my driving call 1-800 fuck you or something like that is that is that a real i have no idea if anybody's done that in particular but i would be truly shocked if that was something that was not on somebody's car in the 90s How's my driving going? 1-800, fuck you. <laughs> oh, that's really good. If that's original, that you just came up with that, that needs to be a, <laughs> that needs to be a bumper sticker. That's that cool. needs to be a t-shirt at every boardwalk stand in Jersey tomorrow. <laughs> yes, it has to be on the shore somewhere. Like, oh my god. How's my driving sticker? Let's see. <laughs> There's definitely a house my driving stickers. Like that was a, a thing I very much remember from the nineties and they would have a number. Yeah. What I never thought to look is if the number spelled out fuck you, you know, the the digits and such. So this one is how's my driving call one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So like Oh, here's one. How's my driving? Call one eight hundred eat shit. Oh, there you go. Okay. Okay. Good. Same energy. Good. Yeah, then there's another one. How's my driving call? 1-800-KISS-MY-ASS. <laughs> See, does that one... There's too many digits in that one. There, Yeah, the eat shit is perfect. The eat shit works and the fuck you works because it's the right yeah. amount of digits. There you go. The eat shit's yeah, actually right. nice because you get the three and then the four. It works Exactly, out. yeah. I was going to say, like, the fuck you would have to be like F-U-C-K-Y-O-U. You know what I mean? It would be a little... Odd. be a little odd but it still works it still works it's the right yeah digits. Right. i can't yeah, believe they... we've gotten into semantics on <laughs> novelty bumper stickers at this point I know. <laughs> well, all right so now that we're on the topic I what's have you ever had a bumper sticker on your car before no no just never okay bothered. so i did used to have a bumper sticker on my car and it just said i'm not wearing pants and i kept it on there for like five years and it was great i loved that sticker a lot and uh, then it just got kind of gross. And I was like, okay, I'm going to retire this guy now. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like sometimes I'd be at like a red light and I would like look in the rear view and the person behind me would be like pointing and taking a picture of it or something. And it, I don't know. It made, me, it made me laugh and it made me laugh that other people thought it was funny too. So It was funny until a cop pulls you over and goes, I just needed to see if you were wearing pants. i think think, so one day i got pulled over i can't remember if it was like my like sophomore year college or if i was like at my four-year university at this point but like i got pulled over and the cop was basically like oh so you are wearing pants and i was just like yeah yes i am and then he gave me a ticket that's okay so it did it did come and there was an investigation into the pants that wasn't the reason he pulled me over, but... Uh, you have yeah, a long he, history of, of pantsless or not pantsless driving here. Yeah. He was curious. He's just like, so are you wearing pants right now? And I'm just like, yes, I'm wearing fucking pants. I guess you could Please say I'm pants right curious right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure that would have got me out of the ticket. 
I'm sure you, know what? What? you gotta you gotta sweet talk these people. Come on. Yeah. 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 I did I did get out of one ticket. Um and it was just because it was literally like my for, yeah, I think it was my first time ever being pulled over. And the cop was just like really cool about it. And he was just like, ah, oh, you got a clean driving record. I'm not gonna like ruin that for you. You weren't going that much over. So like just uh, I'll give you a warning or whatever. And then we talked about the movie The Departed. <laughs> oh. Did you ask him if he was a cop? I was like, are you a fucking cop, huh? Is that what you are? Are you a cop? You're a copper. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we went over our favorite lines from that movie. That was that was the coolest police officer I think I've ever met. There's not many cool ones, but he was certain. Oh, okay, okay. The rare cool cop. There you go. Yeah, that's never happened ever again for it, me. It never will ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I sincerely believe that, yeah. Prove us wrong. Okay, all yeah. the boys in blue, listen to this. Prove us wrong, and be cool to people. Friends of the show. That's that's what's gonna fix policing in this country. Is me having a, a half-hearted be cool to people on this yeah, this niche podcast <laughs> about the flyers. That also isn't about the flyers. loosely about the flyers. I, I saw BSH Radio went pretty off the rails this week, topic-wise, and I said, "Welcome to the club." It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> Honestly, that was one of my favorite episodes recently. It, it's it's all become kind of like the same thing week in and week out. Where like we can only talk about how bad the flyers are so much. And I'm glad that like like fly purpley has come to this, and now like the flagship show has come to the point where it's just like let's talk about like just ask us anything. Send us your questions. Ask us whatever you want to ask us, and we've basically been following that blueprint, and it's been like fun. It's been a lot more fun. It's more fun to just let go and talk a little bit of hockey and a lot of everything else. Yeah, yeah. Like, have a little bit of relevance there, but at the same time, like, talk about things that are interesting. Because that's certainly not the Flyers right now. (laughs) Welcome to my world, folks. If you're just joining us, it's a a wonderful place to be. Let's talk about some diners. Some Triple D. (laughs) We talked about the pronunciation last week, trying to get diners drive-ins and dives correctly and i almost royally fucked it up there and i pivoted the triple d <laughs> so i always think it's diners drive-ins, drive-ins and dines but that's what a diner is yes so like i yeah i always forget that like for some reason i get dines and dives mixed up and yeah i always want to say drivers drive-ins which doesn't make any sense what's a driver besides a stuff i have another very unrelated question for you like, this is really, like, out of nowhere. But I want to ask, because just out of sheer curiosity, I want to know if you know the answer to this. Do you know where, like, in TV shows and commercials and movies, where do they get, like, newborn babies from? Uh, they grow them specifically for the purposes of TV shows. Like, can you rent them? Is there, like, a blockbuster for infant humans? And it's just like, hey, I need this for the commercial real quick yeah it's like the car vending machine except it's babies which i think i just described the matrix (laughs) that's pretty much what it is oh my god no like (laughs) i think parents like they i don't know if they approach parents when they're in the hospital i don't know if they approach pregnant women before they had the babies i'm sure it has something to do with the parents though either approaching an agent in anticipation of having a baby or the agent just kind of creepily waiting outside the the pregnancy ward at a hospital going like, hey, uh, you mind if uh, we get this baby in a, a commercial tomorrow? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I'm rewatching Breaking Bad again, shocker. And I was watching one of the episodes, like, right after Holly was born. And I'm like, where the fuck did Holly, like, how the actor, if that's the actress, if that's the word that is even I think accurate, it is. I believe it is the accurate word. Is the actress that plays Holly, like, where did she? Well, so like, Ryan, where I'm, I'm going to plug the Breaking Bad Insider podcast again, just like I did on the Better Call Saul episode we did. But I don't remember if that episode, if they specifically address like where they went about finding the baby, but they might in that episode. I do remember them talking about how good Cranston was with the baby. They said he's just yeah. phenomenal with kids. He's just like a, a proud papa with even just like this actress baby. But Try listening to that and see if they have an answer for you, because I feel like that's the one source that you might have that would give you a definitive answer. Yeah, this, this is a yeah, I'm going to need to check that out. I think I'm also going to be like probably Googling this. I'm going to fall into a rabbit hole later today. Just learning about where babies There's a <laughs> where babies come from. There's a specific yeah. agency called the Stork Agency. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like where they come from in, in show business. Because that's always been like a weird thing for me that I'm just like, what, how does that work? Like, do you return it? What's the deal with acting babies? <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld would want to know too. He would love sure. to know. He would love to know. I, I think I'm fairly certain that the deal is parent volunteers baby. Parent is there. They give baby back to parent. <laughs> now, how much money do you think the parent would get for that though? Like, would they get any money? Because they're yes. doing literally no work. Right. Well, the, the parent, I guess, is essentially renting their baby. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how it works with, I mean, child actors typically, like, they're getting paid, but it goes into some sort of, like, a trust that they, it, like, the whole thing with Britney Spears' conservatorship and everything. I, right, yeah. This is all very legal weeds that I don't know anything about, which is, you know, a heck of a coincidence for what we're going to talk about later in this show. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, that would be a great segue. Yeah, I guess we could segue into this. I really wanted to talk a bit more about Joe Joel Embiid being a bully, but we could talk about the uh, just what I think maybe one of the most difficult flyers issues I've had to discuss on the show in a a hot minute. I mean, it's yeah. it's a very different issue than say Kyle Beach, which is uh, very difficult to discuss oh, yeah. in and of itself. And we're going to try and, and segment this as much as possible. But let's talk for a few minutes about this story with Jim McCrossin and Sal Rafa. And uh, Jim McCrossin is the Flyers Director of Medical Services. Uh, Sal Rafa is an assistant athletic trainer. And per a story that was initially broken by uh, Anthony Sanfilippo, the these gentlemen, uh, Jim McCross and, and Sal Rafa, are suing the Flyers, and this is uh, due to conditions that they believe have uh, were a result of carcinogens that are emitted from the Zambonis, and the deal is that the Zambonis are located near the training room at the Flyers facility in Voorhees, and they've worked there for over two decades or just about two decades at this point. And due to the proximity, uh, the, the allegation here is that this has caused them and you'll have to forgive me here because these are all terms that are, are well beyond me. So here's the deal folks. I don't know how to pronounce 
most of these words. Uh, this is all very difficult, and this is a difficult enough situation to talk about. So we're just going to refer to them as conditions. You can read some very good pieces online. I think Charlie uh, laid it out very well on The Athletic, if you'd like to check that out. But there are plenty of pieces where you can read more about what happened uh, to Macrossan and Sal Rafa, uh, Sal Rafa and what the allegations are in this lawsuit. But essentially, it comes down to two men who have been employed by the Philadelphia Flyers for a very long time are suing the Flyers for conditions that they have gotten in recent years. And what they say is the result of carcinogens from the Zamboni. I don't even know what to say. I, I, you know, it's one of those things that's so shocking to hear. And your first instinct when you hear this is to kind of freak out and say, Oh my God, the Flyers gave these guys cancer. That's the right. the first thing you think about. And whether that's right or wrong, that's the first thing, the first place your brain goes when you hear this, which in an already abysmal season for multitude of reasons, this certainly is just not what you wanted to hear as somebody who, who roots for this hockey team, who follows this hockey team. And these two guys love this hockey team. They've been around forever. You know, they have been, empl been employed by the Flyers for a very long time, Macross in, in 2000, Rafa in 2004, and I'm sure this is the last thing they wanted to do. I I don't really know how much weight this lawsuit has. I don't know what their odds are. All I know is I feel terrible for these men. I feel absolutely horrible for these men. I wish them the best of luck in dealing with these conditions moving forward, and, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a tricky situation. Like and I know a lot of people are blaming the Flyers like saying that oh my god, they're they're killing their employees. Like this obviously isn't like an intentional thing. Certainly it's not an intentional thing. This is something that has just happened um, you know, over years of exposure exposure to these carcinogens and I I don't know if they even knew where I don't know how much information most organizations have on this stuff like I, i'm willing to bet that there are a lot of other teams franchises that are having as an issue similar to this or something similar to this could sprout up hopefully not but um the flyers are just the first team to get called out on it because if this is something that's you know not unique to the flyers and it's just a hockey thing then i mean we've got a serious, a much bigger issue on our hands than we think. I guarantee you every other team in the league, at least the ones that aren't using newer machines. Uh, I would certainly think like Seattle, especially given that their arena is literally called climate pledge arena. I would right, imagine yeah. a team like Seattle or Vegas, they're you using newer machines that probably aren't relying as much on old fashioned, like gasoline. And I'm not sure what the other chemicals are in Zambodies. I'm not even going to pretend like I know. Okay, I've read a decent amount on this stuff, but I do know they use fuel like gasoline and fuel, at least the older models. And that certainly would be a source of, again, if if alleged carcinogens, because I don't want to, it's a legal case and a medical case, two areas in which I am decidedly not an expert. <laughs> but essentially, like a newer electric machine, I would imagine, is not giving you the same issues that an older uh, gasoline-powered machine would. Right, yeah. And, like, I know, like, I don't know how 
behind the flyers are with like tech and their Zamboni department. <laughs> like I've ne- this is something I've never even thought about. I don't think about the Zamboni ever. Like when the Zamboni comes out onto the ice, when I'm, you know, if I'm at practice and I see it coming on, I'm just like, Oh, cool. Like I, I never think about, I've never once thought about where the emissions of it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Never in my life. I see the Zamboni out there. I go, that looks like fun to ride. Yeah, exactly. Like this whole time, I never realized that it was a gas guzzler type thing. The weirdest thing about the timing of this story is literally like, I don't know, an hour or two before this story broke, there was a video circulating of Marshawn Lynch you know, Marshawn Lynch, yeah. the football player who used to play for the Seattle Seahawks and the Raiders, and uh, he was riding around on the Zamboni. He was driving the Zamboni. I thought that was going to be the biggest Zamboni story of the year. Yes, I thought that was amazing because he was basically doing donuts in the Zamboni, and it was fantastic. And was that right before they announced that he was going to be a partial owner of the team along with yeah. Lamore? Yeah, him and Macklemore, like, apparently. Name a more iconic duo. Yeah, honestly, like right now, like I just I love so much about the Kraken, like their name, they're they have like a cool ownership that like Marshawn Lynch and Macklemore doing like it's it's just a really fun thing. The team sucks and their head coach really sucks. But like, (laughs) man, I mean, it's it's definitely at least they're having fun while putting the team together, which is good. And I don't know. But so I was back to the the Flyers and Moni thing. I've been thinking about this recently, too. What? impact could this have on the players because obviously they're out there in that same practice facility on that same ice and they go to the like the training rooms right which is right next door to where the zambonis are stored from what i have heard is that true and then like like what does that mean for them are they also taking in these harmful carcinogens and like could they develop some issues as well so uh, number one i don't really want to leap to conclusions on this by any means and this is why i have a lot of difficulty even discussing this because i I don't have enough information on the facility on the merits of the case uh certainly the similarity in the conditions that they develop would seem to give this some merit but i'm not a lawyer i really can't say now what i will say is where the allegations really seem to have strength is the fact that they've both been in this position since at minimum 2004 and they, the training room is close and they're there every, almost every day, right in the training room, right by there. The players haven't been here as continuously as long as these two gentlemen have. And that's true. They're, you know, the only player who's been here even close to that would be Claude Giroux, who is now unfortunately departed, but I really wouldn't worry too much about the players based on what I've seen about this. I think the allegation is more just due to the longevity that McCrossin and Rafa have had here and the proximity in which their everyday office that they're constantly in is to the Zamboni fumes. That's really where a lot of the, a lot of this comes from. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I don't want to, I definitely don't want to, you know, start, saying that there definitely is something that could happen to the players or anything like that. Cause we, we just don't have enough information, but um, I guess that was me more just thinking out loud, like, could this impact them? And I guess that's something we'll find out uh, one day. I don't know. Believe me, people's thoughts are, are going everywhere with this. People are definitely, it, cause it, it's all scary to hear. You hear words yeah. like uh, cancer, carcinogen, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, just it, it, blood disease. Like, these are all very scary terms and anything medical is 
terrifying. And the fact of the matter is these guys are employed for a hockey team. This is supposed to be something, even if they are medical trainers, like in athletic trainers, it's essentially like a really cool thing to think about. I am employed for a hockey team and it's not something you ever think about getting a life altering disease from. It's just horrible to think about. And essentially, you know, even if the flyers are not found liable in this case, I mean, at the end of the day, like they are going to have to heavily reevaluate what they how they ventilate their practice facilities and how they protect their employees. Because as I view this, and again, I don't know shit, but as I view this, this is really a case of an employer not protecting their employees. Because I'm sure the Flyers had, I'm saying I'm sure, but I'm really not sure. But I can't imagine that if the Flyers had any idea that this was going to lead to that, that they wouldn't have changed anything. I think it would be absolutely absurd that if they knew this, they wouldn't change anything. And that's just flat out negligence from an employer, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. This It's not something that, you know, they, clearly this is just them overlooking some really important things. And, like, obviously that's bad. That's not good at all. But it's it's not something that, you know. This happens sometimes as as horrible as that is. This things like this can slip through the cracks, no matter if it's a professional sports team or if this is like a big corporate like thing. You know, it, things like this happen, and it, people thinking that this is some sort of you know like malicious. I don't it's not like malicious. I just let's make this very clear. It's not a malicious thing. No, that the Flyers it, have allegedly done here because we can't even yeah. say they've directly done anything. Nothing has been proven in a court of law. Uh, right. We're not, you know, this, the, the players couldn't it's even bizarre. comment on this. Okay. Yeah. The press was going to Mike Yo and Scott Lawton the other day, and they literally couldn't even comment on this because legal matters are that sensitive. The lawyers come in and they say, shut up, don't say one word, and you take that seriously. Yeah. yeah. No, and it, it's very odd to me that there are people out there who think that there's some that there's like more to this and that this is like some sort of scandal it's just like no that's i (laughs) can tell you i don't think that's what this is no but it's a really unfortunate thing that has taken place here and apparently unfortunately two um really awesome people who work for the team and have worked for the team for a long time are facing uh really you know they've gotten a really shitty hand out of this yes and Look, ultimately, the Flyers are, are going to be reevaluating everything with this facility, yeah. and they need to take care of any potential issues because as employers, you you have to be protecting your employees. This is about an employer keeping their employees safe, and it doesn't sound like they've been doing this. And also, they need to get with the times as far as these gas-guzzling, gas-spewing machines because they you know, they are proven sources of carcinogens in the past. Uh, I haven't heard this for Zambonis before. I think that's what's the the really shocking part to a lot of people here is hearing the Zamboni, which, as we previously stated, is one of the most, like, innocuous, like, friendliest things around the arena. Like, oh, it's a Zamboni. Isn't that fun? You see the mites on ice. You see the Zamboni. It's all tied together. Zamboni's a good fun time. So to think about it as something that's actually ruining lives, like I, I got a whole lot of information from longtime listener Drewski, who I, I thank him so much for putting this together. Uh, it's hard to kind of go through a lot of this because I am 
not versed in medicine at all. This is like just not even close to my wheelhouse here. I have a lot of wheelhouses. This ain't one of them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, Drewski laid out a lot of great information for me. But, you know, ultimately, like he was saying for Sal Rafa, now he's an immunocompromised person based on the information that he saw out there, which is just, you know, especially given the past couple of years, how many times we've seen the term immunocompromised with COVID and everything. You know, that's just a terrible way to go about your life. And regardless, Oscar Lindblom, Oscar Lindblom. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like we've seen, yeah, like it, cancer is something that's just like comes, it hits really close to home for Flyers fans. It's like because of players like Oscar Lindblom and like. Well, you also think about Roger Nielsen, who was their coach yeah. back in around 2000, who had contracted cancer. And then the, the club treated him horribly, absolutely horribly. And that was a whole thing. You know, Tversky also brought that up in his uh, DM about this. Um and that was just one of the worst flyer situations I think of all time. So this is right there with that, as far as drawing up those kind of memories and look, ultimately if these guys are found to have gotten sick from what the flyers have done as employers, that is, that's just truly awful. And your employer cannot be getting your employees sick, right? That's just, just, just horrible. Yeah, the Flyers have to really, really evaluate more things than just the on ice product this summer. I mean, there there's so many things that are, that have just gone wrong. Um, and like people can say whatever they want, they can say, "Oh, things are better under Snyder," or this, that, the other. Like I, I don't know. All I know is that right now there are a lot of areas in which the Flyers need to improve on the ice, especially off the ice, and. Um, yeah, ho- hopefully they get their ducks in a row this this uh, this off season and beyond because right now it's just this whole situation is so shocking and unfortunate and just awful and I just I don't know I want to like comment more on it it's just I I'm really I just like I'm the same as you Steve I just don't know anything about medical stuff or law or anything like that. And I just, I feel like by saying much more than I already have, it's like, I don't want to put the wrong idea out there or make people think a certain way when they shouldn't feel those things, you know? Absolutely. And at this point, this is a PR nightmare for the flyers that they are going to have to do so much work on. But first and foremost, I know they renovated the practice facility in recent years. I believe 2014 to 2018 was what I saw for the renovations in the practice facility. The practice facility has been around forever. Uh, it's a The Flyers have been in Voorhees for practice as long as I can remember. It has been a very long time. But I'm hoping that the renovations had some of the ventilation. They're going to evaluate it. And every NHL team that doesn't have newer equipment has to be looking at this and panicking and evaluating stuff left and right. Yeah. No, you would think, so, especially after something like this, you would think that they'd be making these these changes. And um, I don't know. Has, it's, yeah. I, I, I'm just hoping that these changes are made quickly and not something that takes an insane, like, incessant amount of time. You You would hope that this would be their priority now, now that this has happened, but yeah as you said it's going to be a heck of an off season for this team trying to repair their image because it, it it's as rock bottom as i can remember it one of the things you're talking about is like can you remember the flyers really being this low 
in their fan bases opinions, yeah. in the public opinion. Yeah. You know, I remember back around like Oh six, Oh seven, they've really bottomed out, had one of their worst seasons ever. And there was a lot of apathy back then, but there wasn't anger like there is right now because the, the club has had this extended period of mediocrity to bad hockey. And on top of that, just this stuff happens and you hear the, whether you find them valid or not, the complaints from the alumni and all this stuff, like it all builds up and, People, I've never seen it unhappier, even with that abysmal season back then. I've never seen this fan base this miserable, this just upset, attendance this low. It's 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 dark, to say the least. Yeah, we, and we were talking about this the other day. Like, I can't go back too much further because I didn't start watching hockey religiously until, like, 2012. So, like, I'm still – it's only been a decade. I'm still, like, kind of a new hockey what this has to be close to one of the darkest times in Flyers franchise history because just with everything the on ice product and now off ice issues it's like there's so many things going wrong and I just I don't know like so for example I feel like a lot of fans have given up on this Flyers I mean now certainly and I would too like they've given up on the season but they gave up on the season long long before now where we are now. I feel like, like whenever, if I'm working for NBC Philly, I can see like, you know, how fans are like feeling online on social media and everything. And people are just miserable right now. And it's so, it's just so sad because a couple of years ago we felt like, you know, this was the start of something good. Like when we made, when we beat the Canadians in the playoffs, um, you know, it, it felt like that team, that, 2019 2020 team was something that was the start of another fun time in Flyers history and then COVID happened and it all came crashing down and it's just I I saw I remember when COVID first started people were saying like wow the Flyers are finally getting good again and now a pandemic is going to come and ruin it all and I want to blame it just on the pandemic because like, who knows what would have happened if COVID didn't happen? Like who knows if it would have been sustainable for the Flyers, but like, it's just, there's a whole lot of like this bad luck thing going on that a lot of fans think just that the Flyers are cursed. And like, I don't know if they're cursed or anything like that, but there's just been so much going wrong recently. And one just has to hope that something, there will be some sort of shift sometime soon where Maybe there's a run of good luck. Who knows? Who knows when it'll be? Right. But. I just, I, I, the only time I can really feel like the on ice product really bottomed out in that abysmal. I think, I, I think it was 06, like that around that time, that season. And the only other time I, I really could feel the, the palpable anger that people have with this franchise was when everything happened with Eric Lindros and Roger Nielsen, because those were both very fucked up situations. I mean, given Lindros's last days with this franchise, where he he had the issue where he almost died the one night, which is still yeah. one of the most shocking Flyers stories to think about. And given his final concussion with Scott Stevens and the way he was traded and the, the way that one of the, the Flyers all-time great players really came to just one of the most abysmal ends of all time has always stuck with me. It's stripping of the sea on television and sewing on Eric Desjardins is still one of the just worst things I've seen this franchise do. And 
Roger Nielsen just getting rid of him with his cancer. It's just abysmal, abysmal actions by this franchise. And those were both under Ed Snyder. So this isn't to, you know, necessarily say that like, oh, Snyder's way better than Comcast, which Comcast has been the owner since the late 90s, the mid to late 90s, since I think 96. So it's not like Comcast hasn't been involved. There just hasn't been a chairman to be the figurehead in the way that Snyder has since Snyder, unfortunately passed a few years ago. Dave Scott is there, but Dave Scott is not Ed Snyder. He doesn't try to be Ed Snyder to his credit is, are these issues because of lack of leadership? Is it Comcast? Well, I don't really know, but I will say whatever is going on here right now on the hockey end, that's Chuck Fletcher's job to fix. They literally hire him to fix it. So we'll see what he can do. I don't think we're optimistic that he's the guy for the job. But for now, he's the guy for that job. Now, the overall, what we're talking about with this lawsuit, that is that is a Comcast issue. But that's on the management of that facility. And that's... I mean, Look, I can't comment on the feasibility of the case, if it's, you know, going to be successful or not, I can't comment on any of that, but regardless, they have to evaluate and they have to protect their employees. They have to protect their employees at the end of the day. It's that simple. Yeah. No, I mean, just the fact that it got to this point is, is unacceptable completely. And now they just have to, they just need to get to work and, and just make it all right. I don't know who's, who's the number one guy to make that, these changes. I don't know who's calling the shots right now. I know I, people are blaming Chuck Fletcher. I, I don't know if he's even the one to blame for this. I have no idea. I have no clue. But at the end of the day, this is, it's just, this is the worst um, public perception I've seen of the Flyers ever as, as you know, I've been a fan of the, of the Flyers. And it just makes me, you know, it, it just bums me out that it's gotten to this point at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely sad. And, our thoughts are with McCrossin and Rafa and uh, just a best of luck moving forward with everything. And, and hopefully they're getting yeah. uh, great care, the best care. They're certainly in a, a very good region for that. And, you know, regardless of what happens with this, I don't know if the Flyers can do this, but I really hope the Flyers can help them pay for their care, help their families out properly. I don't know if that's going to be allowed given that there is a lawsuit and what's going to happen with it. But I, I certainly hope the Flyers can, in a way, whatever way they can do the right thing, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully there's some sort of settlement. I I don't know what's going to happen, but hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully they get some financial, um, you know, help to make sure that they both recover and, and, you know, aren't too badly affected by all this. Yeah, just got to make sure they're getting good care, ultimately. And, you know, just uh, our hearts are with these guys. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. 
when you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, and we're back, and there is just no graceful way to change gears, but we're going to do it. We're going to change those gears, and we're going to talk uh, very briefly about... Another topic that we don't really have that much information on, but it doesn't really feel like a lot of the people who are putting information about this out there have any more information than we do. So we're just going right. to go to it and we're going to talk about the mysterious case of Ryan Ellis. What is going <sighs> on with Ryan Ellis? Where's Ryan Ellis? What is he doing? And... I... <laughs> There have been rumors over the past week talking about how, like, unhappy Ryan Ellis is and just blah, blah, blah. And look, I will say, I don't know where the hell he's been. He wasn't in the team picture. Sorry, Steph. I know you thought he was in the team picture. It seems like he should have been in the team picture. He was not in the team picture. Uh, I I was kind of stunned by that. But also, I didn't care. But he's barely been seen around. Like, every now and then he's there. I haven't heard any news on what the medical issue is. And... There were some reports from people over the past week. I really have no idea if they have any merit to them saying that there was a conflict between him and the Flyers on the best way to have care. He could have had surgery and been back by now, but he didn't want the surgery. I I don't know. And it seems like people are trying to say that he's dissatisfied. He doesn't want to be part of the team. And it seems like a bit of a leap to me. Don't get me wrong. I'd like to know information, but... I can't say because I don't have any information that I know he's unhappy and wants to move along. You know how on like Christmas Eve on, you know, if you're watching like the Doppler weather, the Doppler like radar, they'll show like a Santa Claus tracker and they'll be like, oh, you know, Santa Claus is over Delaware County right now. Blah, blah, blah. We need to have that for Ryan Ellis. Like if someone sees him out in public, there needs to be a tracker of like his latest, like his latest movement where he was last spotted. I think that'd be very helpful to those who are curious of his, of his whereabouts. But like, I, I have no idea where Ryan is. I mean, I, the, the whole thing is crazy. It, it's, we didn't even know exactly what the injury is. There's been rumors. There's been like several reports saying it could be this, it could be that. But still, there's not a specific report saying this is exactly what it is. The team has not come out and said they never will. And we have, there's no timetable for his return. And it's, it's the strangest thing ever. And they talked a little bit about this on the flagship show. And is this, could this be why it took so little to get him from the predators? Like I know he didn't have this injury when he was um, a member of the predators. This is totally a separate thing, but one would have to imagine that his proneness to being injured really drove down the the value of him in that trade. And I think now we're just coming to realize like just how serious injuries to Ryan Ellis can be because like it, some players can just play through shit 
And it appears that Ryan Ellis isn't one of those players and for whatever reason. And it's not because he's like soft or anything like that. Not at all. But if it's like an ankle injury or something, not to speculate, but if it's ankle or knee, if those are very difficult to play on, especially for a hockey player, because like you can tape it up all you want. Right. But if your ankles wobbling, you still can't skate. Yeah. You're putting all your weight on your ankle. And it's just like, that's gonna hurt no matter how much you wrap it up. And so, like, he's just really prone to getting hurt. And it sucks. And right now, he's facing something that we don't know what it is. And we don't know when he's coming back. And, like, will he play for the Flyers again? Like, (laughs) we don't know. I I think he will. I don't think it's that bad. If it were that bad, I think we would be hearing some things, you know? But Right, but we haven't heard anything. And the only thing that's come out are some of these... I've seen some Twitter reports, but... I not like I haven't seen one of the big names come out with it. I haven't seen, you know, the Inquirer come out with it, or, or the Athletic, or Pierre LeBrun, or Elliot Friedman. If I see it from one of them, you know, no offense to some of the you know more bloggy reporters, but unless yeah. I'm seeing it from one of the big names, I'm kind of hesitant to really trust these kind of reports. So I really want. I would love to know what's going on. If Ryan Ellis is listening to this, please come on the show and tell us what's going on because we'd love to know. Oh, look, it's Ryan Ellis, right? Hey, Steve, I'm fine. This, uh, I have no idea what Ryan Ellis sounds like. I couldn't even do an impression of him because I, I haven't heard him talk much. I've never, I've never heard, heard his voice. Yeah. Never in my entire life. I love the like three games we had of him, but he's just been a specter otherwise. I think... I don't know. I, he just needs to slide in our DMs and just tell us, and we'll be like, it, you know, I, it'll be, you know, we'll pull out one of those things like, source! Ryan Ellis has blah, blah, blah. But, no, seriously, I, I, I don't know, like, there's a lot of talk that he could be, like, dissatisfied with the Flyers. I don't think that's the case. I don't. I think that's a lot of jumping to conclusions going on there, but I think he's just hurt, and it's a weird thing, and, and Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. He has not gotten surgery, right? As far as I know. Yeah. Like, I I don't think he's gotten surgery on anything. I don't think he's on the moon, but he could be on the moon. He could could be. Yeah, he could be on the moon like Kevin Weeks when he's uh, making those those trade announcements on Twitter. He he could be at the heart of a volcano reporting. I don't know. He could be anywhere. He could be. You never know where he's going to show up next. Ryan Ellis could be trapped within his own beard right now, for all we know. (laughs) <laughs> you know what i wouldn't i would definitely believe that that's uh there's a lot going on there on his little chinny chin chin what if he's trapped in james harden's beard so the beard is trapped within the beard Ooh, that's a trippy trippy thing to think about think about it wow. and then we're all living within jason kelsey's beard <laughs> yeah he houses all the beards yeah i don't know <laughs> I can't believe that we yes. just lost our uh, damn minds. We, we have no more, but, no more of those special brownies, right? <laughs> no yeah, more. No, no. I've been told to lay off those, and you know what? I just can't do it, Steve. I got to stay on. They're just so good when they hit your lips. They're so good. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. but I, I just, I, I think this is going to be the situation, a situation where we learn more when the season's officially over. I think the season's still going on, and the Flyers are, you know trying to like hide it. I don't know if they're like trying to hide. I don't know what's going on, but at the same time, they also like said, yeah, like Carter Hart's done for the rest of the year. Sean Couture is done for the rest of the year. He's getting surgery. 
Like they've been pretty forthright with updating the well-being of the other players, but like for some reason, Ryan Ellis is much more complicated, and I just want to know why. I just want to know what's going on. I just want a basic update. The most basic yeah. of... I would take even a a token... I, there's no issue from Ryan Ellis. Like, just a, a token statement of, no, I'm fine. Shut up. Yeah. Like, if the Flyers came out and said, Ryan, like, Ryan Ellis is out for the season, which at this point, fucking duh, obviously. But, like, if they said he's out for the rest of the season, he will be... He's expected to be at full health to start training camp. Like if they had an update like that, even where they don't say exactly what he's dealing with, cool. Just give me something, anything that makes me like feel like he'll be ready to go next season. Because right now, it seems like they're petrified that that might not be the case, and they don't. It, like right now, it seems like they don't know what's happening. Listen, and that's I, not a good look either. At my day job, okay. I don't always like to give like daily updates to customers if I don't have an update. Say like uh, they've got like a shipping container that isn't there and it's just lost at sea. But they, sometimes right. they just feel comforted when I send an email saying I don't have an update, but I'm working on it. And I kind of would have appreciate a Chuck Fletcher equivalent of that email. I don't have an update, but I'm working on it. I'm curious to see what he says at like his end of season presser. Because he, I mean, there's going to be a lot of juicy questions thrown his way at that presser. I do not envy that man for that presser. That is going. I don't either, but I can't fucking, I cannot wait for it. Because, I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot going on there. And he's probably going to give the same, like, boring, like, you know, corporate responses using a lot of, like, buzzwords and things like that. But um, hopefully he has some sort of update then. Because if he doesn't, that's... That's just a bad luck for the Flyers at that point, I think. Like, just say something, you know? Like, let – I just don't understand how teams can – and it's not just the Flyers either. It's it's like a hockey thing. Like, some players will just, like, vanish and no one knows where they go. It's, it's like they went to the underground and Stranger Things or something. Like, no one knows what happened to them. So, like, I just wonder, like, is that when they're going to finally give some sort of update? I would love that, but – We'll see. We'll see what happens. Is he trapped in the Phantom Zone? Just tell us the truth, Chuck. <laughs> Maybe. What if he's been playing for, like, like the Phantoms the whole time, but no one knew? Like, no one realized. Mm. He, like, he shaved and nobody's ever seen him shaving, so. Yeah, like, what if he shaved, <laughs> what if he shaved his beard? And he's just like, I'm ready to go. And then, like, when the Flyers coach is just like, what the hell are you doing here, kid? Get back down to the HL where you belong. And he's been playing with the Phantoms ever since. But have, you, have you ever seen Arrested Development? At one point, Tobias Funke, played by David Cross, is pretending to be a Mrs. Doubtfire type nanny and to just stay back at the house and he shaves his iconic mustache for it because the character's got a mustache and he shaves his mustache and whenever he's in scenes as Tobias he's wearing a blatantly fake mustache so we'll know this is true if Ryan Ellis shows up with a blatantly fake beard that would what if he had like a black beard yeah if he shows up like an nhl video game character with a black beard like yeah. jake voracek for years in the nhl games had red hair and a black beard remember when claude drew had like the black mustache <laughs> yes 
That was good. You did it like I think yeah, I think you only did it like that one time, but it was like so weird and it was like amazing. It was so good. I miss him so much and our our, our baby boy Claude is just doing so great in Florida, at Florida day camp over there where who could have seen that coming, Steve? Who would have thought that a fantastic hockey player who has just been dealing with this abysmal franchise for over a decade would click immediately with this new team. What are they? 16 and one with Claude. Yeah. It's absurd. They're, they're officially the best team in the NHL. They're better than the avalanche. There are four points ahead of the avalanche. I Both guess he really did. Order. I should have trusted Claude when he said like, this is the only team I want to go to. I guess he knew, I guess he just had an idea from playing against them that they would be that good with him joining that Voltron. And he is just, he's crushing it, man. He scored another goal and like, he's got a ton of assists with that team. I'm happy for him. I really am. They've won 13 straight games. <sighs> that's, and that's impressive. Tonight is going to be fun because at seven o'clock, we are recording this literally right now as I'm talking at a 644 PM. And by Eastern the way, the time. Philadelphia Flyers just beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. We've been trying to avoid talking about this. They won. <laughs> they won. The Those goddamn, won. The one time we want them to lose to the Penguins, they go and they, they win. Well, at least the guy who showed up on Pass Young Cap wearing his Crosby shirts, he was coming home upset. He's gone home and he's going to eat those. He's just going to eat that sad sandwich with coleslaw and French fries and cry yeah. as he's crossing that yellow bridge. <laughs> Primanti Bros sucks. It's terrible. Coleslaw just doesn't belong on his. No, like it may be a pork, a pulled pork sandwich. I can buy that, but not with French fries. Absolutely not. No, but tonight at seven o'clock p.m., which is Sunday night, we have the Panthers versus the Lightning. Oh, which is gonna be fucking great. But also, I mean, now that we're talking about the Flyers briefly for some reason, um, let's. I do want to say, I'm not excited about many things about this Flyers team right now. Um, I think the main thing I'm excited about is like Bobby Brink. I love Bobby Brink a lot and I'm really excited to see him. Like hopefully he'll be with the squad full time next season. We'll see. But I'm also really excited about Noah Cates and he had a game today. They both look great in this game. Like if you have to blame one factor for the tank screwing up, it's the young guys actually stepping up and apparently JVR for some reason. JVR has been scoring goals left and right lately, but God, who you can't blame for stepping it up right now are the young guys because they're just excited to be up here. So Brinks, Kate, and I know people don't want to admit it because they aren't happy about his trajectory so far. But in the past few games, Morgan Frost has actually done some stuff too, and I love to see it. He has. Yeah, he has been stepping it up a little bit. And today he had a good game too. He had a golden assist, so that's good. But Noah Cates, man, two goals and an assist today against the Penguins. And, dude, he just, like... People talk about players who do like the little things, and I feel like he does that really well. And he's like really he's just, he's just a hard nosed dude who goes in hard as fuck on the forecheck. And I don't know, he just makes shit hard. He just he's just really annoying for other players. <laughs> you know what I'm mean? sorry, like, I I had a that's just an inappropriate giggle on my part, but he just <laughs> he just makes shit hard. Like oh yeah. <laughs> Noah Cates making it hard. <laughs> this needs to be a recurring thing. Yeah, we're just, whenever we talk about Noah oh, Cates. Oh boy, this is flyperbole after dark. <laughs> Noah Cates making it hard out there. Always. 
He likes it hard. It's uh yeah, I don't know. He he's I feel like he's just a really he makes things more difficult for the other team when he's like flying around in the offensive zone. And I don't know. I'm really excited, excited to see him playing well. Um, the only thing I don't like about his game really isn't even in his, his game. It's just his jersey number. He just needs to get a new jersey number, and uh, we're going to be smooth sailing. Well, let's all let's all remember that Claude Giroux was number 56 when he first came up with the Flyers. So it's was, it, yeah. it's important to remember a lot of these early jersey numbers are temporary, unless you're Joel Farabee, who has a perfectly fine jersey number, but then decides to get a little nuts with it. But I actually like the 86 for Joel Farabee, so I'm cool with it. It's unique. Yeah. No, 49 isn't like a bad jersey number. It's just like, it's kind of weird, but it's not like bad. Uh, Bobby Brink is going to have to change his. 46 is just a very unbecoming number. Bobby Brink is definitely going to get like a, a 22 type number you know something yeah, yeah. nice and solid unless he wants to be danny Bre- he should just wear 48 for danny Breer. he could he could do that yeah he could just be new danny Breer because they're the same height basically i think he's gonna try and end up wearing 24 because i know he wore that with denver but he could also wear like 20 i think he wore like 29 or 20 no it was 23 or 23 with team usa so like maybe, but then again, that's Oscar Lindblom's number, so that's kind of off limits. It's not going to happen. Oscar yeah, boy's going nowhere. nowhere. I fucking love Oscar. I uh, love Oscar, one. and you know what? I know he's not the player he was a couple years ago, but I don't give a shit. I love him anyway. I, all right, so here are the two most obvious numbers, number choices for Bobby Brink. This is the analysis that people crave right here. <laughs> 24, because he wore that at Denver, and then... 19 which he wore in juniors but that's also a problem because the flyers are clearly gonna retire number 19 in honor of nolan patrick so like i don't know i feel like it just comes out of you've already forgotten about Derek brassard sitting right there wearing number 19 I know. <laughs> <laughs> Derek brassard he's he's done for yeah no it's, it's gonna be like one of those situations where like you know how sometimes teams will just wait a long time to retire a number sure like, maybe it's going to be one of those situations. Like Eric Lindros. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They didn't retire Eric Lindros until a few years ago, but that's mostly because they had a uh, horrible, hor- horribly scarred relationship with the man until recently. And also, the Ed Snyder rule was always, nobody gets in the gets the number retired unless they go into the Hall of Fame primarily as a member of the Flyers, which is uh, why it's... Well, also, you couldn't possibly retire Mark Reckie's number with the Flyers because Mark Reckie wore two different numbers with the Flyers for his extended exactly. jokes here. Yeah. It could be like a Kobe Bryant situation, but like, no, Mark Reckie ain't that good. So. Yeah, I mean, Mark Reckie, very good, despite what Kelly Hankel might tell you. Very, very yeah. good player. And I would say an all-time flyer, but, you know, and a number Is he Kobe player. Bryant good, though? Well, who is at the end of the day? Like... Kobe Bryant is like, I would say, like a top five NBA player ever. And Mark Reckie is not a top five NHL player. He's not. That is true. He's definitely not. He's great. Don't get me wrong. He was awesome. But he's not. Yeah. He's not Lemieux, Gretzky, or, you know, 
<laughs> you're, you're struggling because it's a, it's a very hot take to give your top five besides Lemieux and Gretzky. Like Lemieux and Gretzky are the two that people are always like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you start to get in the weeds after that. You're like, oh boy, do I put David up there? Cause he's young. Does it, do I put Ovi up there? Do I put Crosby? No, I don't. Cause he sucks. I hate him so much, but <laughs> then you're like, oh, it's Gordy Howe a top five. Or I guess he is. He's Gordy Howe. Oh boy. I feel like, Honestly, all right, now that we're kind of, all right, I do kind of feel like Ovechkin would have to be up there. Well, he is the greatest modern goal scorer, at least as far as, like, since Gretzky retired, and he probably will end up as the top goal scorer. I really, I would be truly shocked, unless, like, Keith Olbermann's tweet about banning Russians from the NHL the other day comes true, which I I don't think that's going to happen, Olbermann, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. like, unless something drastic happens, like, I very much doubt that Alex Ovechkin doesn't end his career as the number one goal scorer in NHL history. Yeah. And, like, he just strikes me as a kind of psycho who would play until he's, like, 45. So it's not even like he has to do this within the next, like, three or four years, which is when I think he's going to do it. But I think he's going to stay and play even a couple years after he breaks the record. Oh, just because yeah. he strikes me as someone who would do that. Well, you take enough HGH, anything's possible. Oh yeah, I, I know that allegedly. I know. I don't think anybody's ever alleged that about him. <laughs> oh, no. it's a pure joke. Okay, this is just strike all of this from the record, uh, Your Honor. I didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think he has, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would put him up there with the all-time greats. That's, oh, he's an all-time great. It's just a matter the top five all-time in hockey is a contentious contentious topic right there like i feel like basketball you can get a pretty solid top 10 without much debate and you could probably even get a top five because without a doubt in basketball jordan and lebron are you know the top one and two basically it's a matter of which order you want to put those two guys in but they're like the top two players you could probably say wilt chamberlain you could probably say kobe and I don't even know. I, I don't want to talk out my ass with some basketball, but Jordan and LeBron, I guess you could say that about Gretzky and yeah. Lemieux are in your top five. Like well, some people might argue against Lemieux, but they would be foolish to do so because I, I, in my top five, Lemieux is up there no matter what. Yeah, no. Yeah. Lemieux. I feel like it's gotta be like Gretzky one Lemieux two. I would put like, or three or four just cause like, he was like freakishly good. And did his career end early? I am trying to remember, but I'm not sure offhand. I feel, I feel like it did. I can't remember either. And by the way, one of the greats passed away this week. So rest in peace, uh, Guy Lafleur. Absolute uh, terrible loss for the hockey world right there. Yeah. And Mike Bossy too. Mike Bossy too. Two, uh, two big iconic players passed away yeah. in just the past week, right? Yeah. Recently. Wow. Both of them. Absolutely, you know, an actual, not ironic wow right there. That is just like that's yeah. kind of a stunner. Yeah. So uh, let's see, what do we got here? Bobby Orr only played like twelve years, twelve, thirteen years in the NHL. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. There's yeah, the, oh, Wilson. Well, well, goes into place yeah. there. Yeah. Well, I I feel like. <sighs> It's, I, I don't want to open this can. We've, we've gone on a while already, so I don't want to open this can of worms too far because this is primo off-season content right here. This is, oh, baby, yeah. yeah this is it like really a full is. fly perbole under quarantine right there. 
talking about like your top players all time, getting your list together. We're going to do that. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to be a summer app. Maybe we'll get a third person on. Maybe it'll be Kurt. Maybe it'll be somebody else. Who knows? But we'll, I, this is going to be an episode. The top, your, I think your personal top 10, maybe we'll do like favorite players and who you think are the legitimate top talents. Cause like, that would be a fun episode. Yeah. Like Eric Lindros is my favorite player of all time, but do I think he's the best player in NHL history? Absolutely not. Obviously, it's Wayne Gretzky. But like, you know, it, there's an it's there's a distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited for it. Now, I would like to talk about instead of the greatest players of all time, I'd like to talk about the best players of this season. And guess what? There ain't actually any of them on the Flyers. But no, we're gonna do our best to give out the team awards, which should be coming up shortly, and. You know who really was excited for the team awards? It was our old friend, Slammin' Sammy Carcitti. Slammin' Sammy, still at it. He says Philly hockey now, not later, now. And he's making it happen. He's still writing. He, You can't shut down Slammin' Sammy. You can't cancel Slammin' Sammy. All right, he's here forever. And he was mad. He was mad as hell because he couldn't vote for Claude Giroux in the Flyers team awards. Was he trying to? Like, he was actually trying to vote for Claude Giroux? Yes, sir. We got a taking it to the bits. Honestly, like, I like I kind of see, like, I wouldn't be mad about it. But, like, if I were voting for an award, I would definitely ask, like, yo, can I, like, vote for Giroux, even though he's, like, not here anymore? I would totally ask. Because, like, no one else deserves it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, I, I, totally me, get, like, I totally get that. But here's the excerpt from Slam and Sammy's piece where he said, the Philadelphia Flyers sent out award ballots to the media Friday with a stipulation. A bad stipulation. The oh. stipulation. Only players on the current roster are eligible. That means Claude Giroux, who would have received my first place vote as the Bobby Clark Trophy winner given to the team's MVP, cannot be on any of the ballots. Drew was traded to Florida last month. Ooh. Uh, let's note that every one of these sentences were their own paragraph. Of course. Every one of them. The Marcus Hayes special. So bravo to you on that front, Sammy. But look, I get it. Okay. Claude Giroux, we want to honor him, right? He was the best player on the Flyers before he was traded. No shit, Sherlock. But you can't vote for the guy to be the TM team MVP when he's not on the damn team. You just can't do it. Did he link to his story of Drew being traded to Florida last month? I don't know. I got this secondhand from Jason on the BSA okay. Slack. So I don't know. And I don't have membership to Philly Hockey now. So I, I cannot say. But it, I don't think so. But I don't know. I just see traded to Florida last month underlined in red. And it just makes me laugh thinking of like... What if someone's reading that as like a diehard Flyers fan? And then it's just like Giroux was traded to Florida last month. And they're like, wait, what? Uh, excuse it's me? Giroux? I just woke up from a coma and I cannot believe this. <laughs> I know. Like those, that's the only, like those are the only people who would like take that hyperlink back to that story. <laughs> well, people do that because then it's like, oh, I can get more click uh, clicks on this link from like last month. Oh, exactly. There you go. That's how you get clicks, baby. That's how you aggregate content. That's not aggregation. Damn straight. I'm just throwing all my buzzwords out there at this point. But <laughs> aggregate. I just wanted to talk really briefly about 
and this sucks because I just realized we can't get to the other <laughs> the topic I've been trying to do for two weeks. I'm sorry, James. We're getting to it. <laughs> yeah, it's we're going to we're gonna get to we're it. We're going to get there. Well, stuff keeps happening. Okay, stuff keeps I happening. I put I start the list on Monday, and I'm like, oh, we shouldn't have much to talk about. And then stuff keeps happening. Unfortunately, this time, horrible stuff happened, but stuff <laughs> happens. Life finds a way. The Flyers find a way. The Flyers find a way to just make things... Yeah. <sighs> Let's talk about who we actually could give these awards to. So we have some uh, real awards. We have some Flyperbole awards here. And this will carry us on to midnight and the end of the show here. First up, the Bobby Clark Trophy, which is Team MVP. My vote for this one would go to Cam Atkinson. He has been the team's leading scorer for most of the season. He has really been one of the few bright spots consistently throughout the season. And I think... You know, his smile is one of the few bright spots in my day on Flyers Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, he's a fun dude. Um, I think for me, I'm going to have to go Keith Yandel, Steve. Did the TNT broadcast just kind of brainwash you into thinking that? Because they kept throwing Keith Yandel stats up there at the top of the screen. I couldn't believe it. I, th- I think Keith Yandel deserves it. I think if they end up getting the first overall pick, he was certainly the most valuable player in getting the Flyers the first overall pick. That's true. When he fell down on a goal, was it this week? <laughs> I think it was? Yeah, yeah. When he fell down, it was... I just was thinking of the infamous commercial, the Life Alert commercial from back in the day where the lady falls down. Oh, yeah. I've fallen, and I can't get up. I, that's all I could think about with poor Keith Yandel just turtling down because he just couldn't handle a two-on-one. All right. So here's my, like, actual response. I feel like it's going to be – my vote goes to Kevin Hayes just because of how insane he's finishing up this – like, he's been playing really, really, really well. Um, and the only reason – I like, he started off the year not amazing, but he was, like, good. And then he got hurt, and then he kept trying to come back, and he was playing like shit because he wasn't fully healed yet. Now it seems like he's fully back to normal and he's playing really well. So I think I would give it to Kevin Hayes, but I have a weird feeling and I hate saying this. I feel like JVR is going to fucking get it. <laughs> I, I, can fucking, I can just fucking see it because it's just like, well, he was our leading goal scorer. He blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, get the fuck out of here. If you give it to fucking JVR. He doesn't have the lead yet. He's tied with Cam Atkinson right now. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, just one more. But points wise, Cam Atkinson still actually, actually, Cam Atkinson is tied for points now with Travis Konechny. What if it's Travis Konechny? <laughs> I don't think the Flyers want to give Travis Konechny an award. <laughs> like, well, ever. it's it's the writers I think who vote on it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah so, I, I, listen, it could be Konechny, it could be TK. I think people are going to vote could for be, Cam yeah. Atkinson, but TK. Leads the team in assists. He's not in the top three on goals, but he has 50 points. And he is Cam out for the rest of the season at this point. Yeah, he's done for the year. Could be TK. That would be wild. That would be a turn of events. It would be a turn of events. I think it's going to be Cam Atkinson, though. I think he's been just a a great bright spot throughout the season. Either Cam or Hicks, I feel like. Yeah. All right, next up, Barry Ashby Trophy for best defenseman. I couldn't even make it through without laughing because the defense has been so bad yet yeah. again. If they give it to Provorov, I don't, I don't know what to say. Well, I, again, this is given, this is by the writers, so 
Yeah, okay. Because if it was by the Flyers, fucking Provorov is definitely getting it. Provorov, man, has just had such a rough year. He's just been really just difficult to watch. He's gotten better in in recent weeks because he was just truly atrocious before the trade deadline. I don't know what's changed in recent weeks, but he definitely has played uh, better, but he's definitely has not been the team's best defenseman all season. That's Rasmus Ristolainen, of course, the heart and soul of this team, (laughs) the hits leader. Come on. I would give it to Travis Sanheim. I think Travis Sanheim has been pretty consistent. Fans hate him. Okay, not every fan, obviously. I don't hate him. I think he's really good. But like a lot of fans hate his guts. I think he's been the Flyers' best, most consistent defenseman this season. What scares... Yeah, I, I think it should be Travis Sanheim, too. And what scares me is I feel like the Flyers are... like They keep talking about this aggressive retool. I'm so scared that they're going to end up trading him. Even though he's like one of the only players they should keep. Oh, I'm terrified of that. I think they should trade Provorov. I, I do, too. But I, I have this horrible feeling that they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, Travis and I played pretty well this year. We should, we like what we have in Provorov, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I, I feel like, yeah, but didn't, that's my name. Didn't we get somebody to transcribe a little bit of the, didn't, I think Risto appeared on the Chemo Timo podcast overseas recently, and we had somebody translating it in the Slack. And I think Risto said something like he really liked playing with Travis Sandheim this season and wants to continue with that. So maybe Risto Linen will be why Travis Sandheim doesn't get traded. Oh, God. Yeah. Our Lord and Savior Risto. Risto. <laughs> I just, I'm face palming right now for many reasons. Oh. But. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like it has to go to Sanheim. I don't know who else it would go to. Got to go to Sanheim. All right, we got the Yannick Dupree Memorial Award for class guy. I, <laughs> I never know who to give this to. Like, it's like this has to go to Yandel. It has to go to Yandel. It could go to Hayes too, and it could go to Hayes because Hayes has dealt with so much shit this season. Yeah, like I, Kevin Hayes has absolutely had it. Just one of the worst seasons you can think of between surgery. Injury, surgery, uh, everything with his brother, which I, I still feel so bad yeah, for him and his yeah, family on that. Like, yeah. everything he's dealt with. Here's the thing. Kevin Hayes, I don't know which award they're giving him. It, it could be the work ethic and dedication. It could be the, the class guy. He's going to get something, okay? Because I think everything he's dealt with and he's been, like as positive as he can be throughout this. And he's always a guy who's willing to give a quote or something. I think Kevin Hayes is getting something, but everybody reveres Keith Yandel's class and his sunk and his thank yous. <laughs> so it could be Keith Yandel. It probably will be Keith Yandel. Yeah. I, I feel like both of those guys are like in the running. Yeah. I hadn't thought about, because like the whole Kevin Hayes, like his brother and everything that it feels like that happened like years ago. Now it's weird. Like for some reason I, like, it doesn't feel like that happened less than a year ago. Yeah, it's wild. And I, it's, again, it's one of those things that when you think about, and for me, you know, I have a, a friend of mine, his, his brother passed away from something similar. Uh, to, well, not the same thing as Kevin Hayes' brother. And it's just one of those things that's just, it's so tragic and it, it hits close to home and it, it, you just hate to hear it. It's just, and I was I was glad that the family was as open and brutally honest about it as they were because fentanyl is just such a, a scourge right now for people and just yeah. hurting so many people. And it's, it's awful to see. And yeah, you feel so bad for the Hayes family and everything they've gone through. Yeah, that would be a nice, you know, 
that would be a nice little thing for Kevin if he ends up winning it. I would think that Kevin, at very least, would win the Gene Hart Award here for work ethic and dedication. You know, just something... He is one of those guys who works hard. He is one of those guys who is out there and leading this team whenever he can. I mean, he's go he's part of the leadership group now. He's one of the main guys in the Flyers leadership group moving forward. And, you know, like it or not, they're not moving that contract and they like him in the locker room. He is a good locker room guy. And when he's at the top of this game, he's a fantastic player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing it now. He's, he's playing pretty well right now. And, um, you know, I, I think he's, he clearly has a lot of friends around the NHL. Like we saw the NHL, like all kind of come together after what happened to his brother. And so, um, yeah, I, I think if, whether it's Yannick Dupree or the Gene Hart, I think he's winning one of the two, if not even both. We'll see if he, you know, what happens there. But like, yeah, I think he's definitely walking away with at least one of those. For sure. All right. So the next one. So we talked about the Gene Hart award. My, my joke one here was, it's gotta be Risto baby. Gotta be. <laughs> I, <laughs> I could see that too, honestly, which annoys me a lot. It could but be people really like Risto. Yeah. So like, it's weird. Like some, like even writers, even some writers really like him a lot, but yeah, I feel like he's just, he hasn't done enough to deserve any award. And I feel like that's not even just me not being a big fan of Risto. I just think that's objectively, he hasn't done enough. You're just a hater. You're just hating on the Risto lines <laughs> over here. And I, I'm not going to stand for it. Caught red-handed. The most difficult award of the entire bunch here for me was the Pelle Lindbergh Memorial Award, which is for the most improved <laughs> player. And I don't honestly know who the hell you can call an improved player on this team. That's that's a hard one to say. Uh, you can I, all right. So I'm looking at the roster right now. You can maybe oh, say Konechny for having a little bit of a bounce back from last season, but. I don't know. Like, I don't really feel like it's that drastic of a bounce back. Like he fell that far and he's rise that high. Like I, I can't say that. Uh, do you have any suggestions? I got nothing. Oh, you got Carter it. Hart, That's what, I'm dumb. It's a no brainer. It's Carter Hart. Yeah. Cause like he, he had a rough year last year and like this season wasn't amazing. Like if you look at the statistics, it wasn't like an amazing year or anything like that, but like that wasn't his fault. Like, he was playing a shit team, and that made his numbers look bad. He was, like, on most nights, the best player on the ice for the Flyers. So, I feel like he should definitely end up getting it. Well, and last season was such a spectacular dumpster fire of a season for him. That yeah. just having even, like, okay numbers, you know? like, And I guess his numbers are just kind of okay. But, like, to have anything to bounce back and have a successful NHL career after having such a disaster of a season is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, I think he has to be the guy for the Pelly Lindbergh award. And um, like, I guess if it's not him, maybe you could say connect me, but like, I don't think he's improved really. You know what I mean? Like he's like still good, but I don't see how he's improved at all upon like after, you know, given what he's shown previously. So like, yeah, I feel like Carter Hart has literally improved significantly this year. And I, yeah, if it doesn't go to him, then something is wrong. <laughs> right. I, I didn't yeah, even absolutely. think about that. Carter Hart is the no-brainer there. So that leads us to our very special Flyperbole Awards here. So let's start off with the Claude Giroux Award for leading this team, even though he doesn't have any heart. And drumroll, please. I believe that's going to Travis Konechny, the jerk store himself. 
So no heart, but he's part of the leadership group now, and he he deserves this clutch rule award. I can see that. I can see that being connect me. Maybe maybe Cam Atkinson could win that too, but I, I also wonder like has he like been here long enough to kind of establish himself as like the leader of the team. I know he wore an A on his sweater. Um but I don't know. I could see it being connecting. Mm. Next up, we have the Adam Oates Award for Do You Even Go Here? And that goes to Ryan Ellis. Congratulations to Ryan Ellis, because <laughs> we don't actually know if he goes here. Yeah, I I like Sometimes I think about like, oh, yeah, the Flyers are going to have like a ton of cap space next year, blah, blah, blah. And then like I remember that Ryan Ellis exists. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, you remember Ryan damn. Ellis exists. You remember Sean Couturier is getting a raise. Joel Farabee is getting a raise. Exactly. Kevin yeah. Hayes makes a lot. Like it's <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's yeah, that's gotta be right off. Do you even go here, bro? You even go here, bro. You even go here. Do you even go here? Next up, the Mike Richards Award for Bad Leadership. That's another leadership award, but that's the important thing about the Fly Purple Awards. That goes to Claude Giroux. Guess what? He can still receive this one. <laughs> Claude Giroux, even though he's in Florida, is getting the Mike Richards Award for Bad Leadership. And you know, it just can't be said how much he, he lacks that C, so he should be Claude Giroux. Lacks that heart. Just, no, we, we love Claude Giroux, obviously. It's all hyperbole, and uh, we don't believe a word of it because he was a, a very good leader here. Although it is interesting to hear his quotes in Florida on The Athletic where he was talking about just the relief of not having to beat the guy every night and just go out there and play hockey and how much better it is. Yeah. You know who else this could be? This could also be Sean Couturier. Ooh. Because because he's vi- definitely a leader on this team, um, but he never played because he was hurt. But a lot of fans probably think being hurt isn't an excuse. You need to be out there every night making plays, and uh, you weren't, which means you're a shitty leader. Um, go get fucked. <laughs> get. I feel like that's the thought process of a lot of insane people. Yes, yes, it definitely is. Next up, this is probably my favorite award of the bunch, and that's mostly because it's got a spectacular shape. If you've never seen this award, it is just a sight to behold. It's it's actually shaped like a starfish, and it's got every nook and cranny of a real starfish. It looks like a bronze starfish. It's amazing. And that's, of course, the Andrew McDonald Award for being a great guy but a terrible defenseman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't know who else this could go to other than Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel has well earned this award for being a, a fantastic human being. He says thank you. He says sunk. Uh, he holds hands with Kevin Hayes in the parking lot. <laughs> who can deny what a great guy Keith Yandel is? And who can deny what a terrible defenseman the Iron Yan is at this point in his career? Risto gave him a, a pretty good run for his money there, but I think Yandel's got it locked up pretty good now. It, oh, <laughs> Risto's moving that. forward. Yeah. Next up, we have the Romaldo Award for being the only guy on this team with heart. There's only one guy on this team with heart, and that's Zach McEwen. Mad McEwen. Mad McEwen. I would say Lawton has heart, too. Like, Mm-mm. I think Lawton's got enough. a lot He of doesn't heart. fight enough. You don't have heart unless you fight, unless you punch guys in the <laughs> that's face. True. And he only does that yeah, sometimes. Zach McEwen does that every goddamn night. I do like McEwen a lot. I'll say this. I'm not the biggest fan of him as a player, but I'll be damned if he doesn't have some sort of impact on the team when he goes and just like beats the shit out of somebody. 
and it's great. I, I, I always enjoy it whenever he, you know, throws the gloves down. And he had the good sense to let himself get the shit beat out of him by Wayne Simmons. <laughs> yeah, he was like, all right, Wayne, go do, do your thing. Wayne, let's but put on a show for the home crowd. You just don't fight Wayne Simmons. P.K. Subban warned everybody, and he didn't listen. Nobody listened. Nobody ever listened to him. But you know what? Uh, that's a legitimate, like, Zach McEwen has been fun for the past, you know, few years. You know, or not past few years. Uh, Zach McEwen has been really fun this season. And I I don't really know if I would have enjoyed as many games as I have. And it's not been many without him at least punching some guys in the face. Yeah, even when the Flyers were like far, far, like it was a foregone conclusion that they weren't making playoffs, he would still go out there and like try and fire up his team in any way possible, which like good for him. Like he knows that's his job and like he does that really, really well. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of McEwen. The only the only problem I have with McEwen is that he wears 17. I feel like no one should be able to wear 17 for a while, just out of respect for Zimmer. Yeah, that's you know that's fair. That's fair, but uh, he did get the shit beat out of him. So maybe, he did. Like, maybe he earned. There it. can only be one seventeen in this town, bitch. I think he's <laughs> like, like the only way you can wear this is if you let me just kick the shit out of you. And he's like, okay, yeah. thank you, sir. May I have another? That's probably what they talked about at Sunrise before game during warmups. <laughs> Finally, my final award. I don't know if you have any awards to add, but my final award of the night is the Steve Mason Award, and that's for not being blamed if he fled the country to avoid playing behind the Flyers defense. And that goes to Carter Hart because nobody could blame him if he just was in Columbia tomorrow to not have to play behind the Flyers defense <laughs> just, anymore. Just goes to Guatemala and stays there forever. He just becomes Never a missionary and <laughs> he rethinks his life having to play behind that Flyers defense. I wouldn't blame him at all. I would support it. Um, yeah, no, I think Carter Hart deserves it after the bullshit he's been through all year. What a season it's been. And folks, this is, I believe, the last regular season flight probably. There might be one before the game on Friday, but we'll see on that front. Depends on the news and if I feel like it. But <laughs> this might be the last regular season flight probably of the season. And thanks for sticking with it. I appreciate all of you. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's been one of the most difficult seasons I've had podcasting since I started doing this a long, long time ago. And I, I do appreciate everybody who is still sticking with the program and listening and enjoying it. I, I treasure each and every one of you. We both do. Yeah. It's been, I know I'm a little newer to the podcast, but and so I can, my God, Steve, I don't know how you did this for a full season. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't but, know either. <laughs> but yeah it's it's really cool that there like so many of you are um just going through agony like we are on a weekly basis and you continue to like stick with us through the whole thing it's been really cool and it's a lot of fun believe it or not like to just come on here and air our grievances like it's festivus every week and uh <laughs> it's it's been a lot of fun and i'm i'm excited for the off season so we can have some real fun again and not have to talk about the flyers being bad. We can talk about the future. We can, we can look ahead. And that's what I think is going to make things a little bit better. For sure. For sure. And you know, I always have fun with the off season podcast. So stick with us. I, I do intend to do a couple, uh, fly probably under quarantine, or as we like to call it the fuck show. We're trying to do <laughs> some more style, you know, fuck style podcast this off season. And, uh, definitely a lot of 
off topic ones, uh, you know, continue with the television stuff, continue. I, you know, right now we're planning on doing a better call Saul half season podcast, and then probably something before the, the final half season starts and all that fun stuff. Uh, I talked to Kelly, uh, probably going to try and do a severance thing at some point. And then Ryan and I definitely going to talk some Tarantino movies this summer and some other stuff. So I'm looking forward to all of that, but thank you all. We have a lot of tangy tent coming your way. Folks, if you have any feedback, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Oh, wow. You can find me at Flyperbole or at SDBomb if it's for hockey purposes. Make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Follow us on all sorts of social media. You know how to find the social media. You know where we're at. Come find us. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. It's 2023, and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports Channel.